chances are high that you've seen more than a few amazing acoustic guitar covers on YouTube. There are literally thousands of videos out there, and I, just like you, have watched quite a few in utter disbelief at the mind-bending technique and brilliant compositional knack that these guitar players have. In today's show, I'll be sharing with you my 10 favorite acoustic guitar covers by 10 amazing guitar players that you need to know about. Hey TAC family, welcome to episode 211 of the Acoustic Tuesday Show. This show's all about bringing fun, focus, and progress to your guitar journey through my weekly Guitar Geek list, plus success stories from your fellow TAC family members. Have either you yourself or someone you know gotten back into playing the guitar after a long time off? Well, certain doubts and fears can come up when trying to get back into playing the guitar. Things like, am I gonna be good enough? Or do I have what it takes to learn this thing again? Well, TAC family member Dave is currently in that exact same situation. And today he's gonna share his valuable perspective on what the guitar means to him this time around. Plus you're gonna get a sneak peek at what guitar lick the TAC fam is working on this week. In fact, it's named after one of my favorite movies, Strange Brew. Plus, you're going to get your weekly dose of acoustic news you can use, which this week it contains a fairly controversial topic surrounding country music and its evolution. But first, let's dig into these otherworldly acoustic guitar covers. Okay, here's how this is going to work. First, I'll tell you what the cover song is. Then I'll tell you why it's a standout. And then lastly, we'll give it a quick listen. Now we're gonna be doing this in a countdown format, starting at the super amazingly cool end of the spectrum and working our way towards the holy smokes, mind-blowingly fantastic end of the spectrum. They're all cool, but we will work up to one that is ridiculously awesome. Okay, coming in at number 10 is Andy McKee's cover of Prince's Purple Rain. Why is this on my list? Because Andy captures the emotion of the song. The arrangement is sparse and it is just right for this tune. Let's go ahead and listen. Coming in at number nine is Mike Dawes covering Slow Dancing in a Burning Room by John Mayer. Why is this on my list? The percussion. Now I know what you're thinking, Tone, a lot of these guitar players use percussion, and you know what, percussion's not even my thing. The way that Mike Dawes integrates percussion on this song is absolutely perfect. It's sparse, but it's just right to capture the mood of the song. Let's give it a listen. The number eight position is held by Luca Stricagnoli covering Sweet Child of Mine by Guns N' Roses. Why is it on my list? Because I'm pretty much speechless. I watch this and I don't know how he does it. But if I was to pick one reason, it would have to be the composition. The fact that he was able to come up with this is mind blowing. And that's what this list is all about.
Coming in at number seven and a half, yes, I make the rules, so I'm incorporating a seven and a half position here, is again, Luca Stricognoli covering Lose Yourself by Eminem. Why is this on my list? Because of the syncopation in the melody. I don't know how on earth he was able to capture this, but he nailed it. He keeps the rhythm going, he incorporates the melody, and it's highly syncopated. Check it out. The number seven spot is owned by Alexander Misko covering, well, a bunch of Eminem songs. In fact, he's playing an Eminem medley. And what blows my mind about this, and the reason it is on my list, is because instrumentally, the composition is awesome. He's doing so much, it's hard to keep track of. And he's singing with it. Yes, he's actually not even singing, he's rapping along with it. I don't know how impossible it must be to play what he's playing on the guitar, and then on top of that, rap. I don't know how he does it, but he does it. Let's have a listen. Coming in at number six is Pete Huttlinger covering Superstition by Stevie Wonder. Why is this on my list? Feel and vibe. This is Pete in his element playing an arrangement that is very difficult, but just feeling it. And it has groove for days, weeks, even years. It's all about the groove. Here it is. Occupying the number five spot is a very young Nathaniel Murphy covering Fleetwood Mac's Little Lies. Why is this on my list? The arrangement, specifically the texture within the arrangement. Now I'll specifically cite the harmonics, but that's really just the tip of the iceberg. When you listen to this, you can hear all the parts. You can hear the bass, you can hear the chord changes, you can hear the melody, you can even hear the, the groove of the percussion. It's a treat to listen to, so let's go ahead and do that. Coming in at number four is Rob Ikes and Trey Hensley covering Ballad of a Well-Known Gun by Elton John. Why is this on my list? Well, they took a song originally meant for a huge band and they condensed the arrangement so that it would work between the two of them. And they retained all the awesome parts of the song, the groove, the powerful vocals, the fills, it's all there between just the two of them. Let's give it a listen. Well, now they found me.
Coming in at number three is Marcin Patrzalik. Patrzalik? I hope I said that correctly. I had to give it a shot. Coming in at number three is Marcin P, covering the song Aerials by System of a Down. Why is this on my list? Well, number one, he took a metal song and converted it to the acoustic guitar. That in and of itself is awesome. But he was able to capture the timbre of the song, the feel of the song, the metalness of the song, if you will. Let's go ahead and give it a listen. Coming in at number two is the man, the myth, the legend, Tommy Emanuel, covering Mason Williams' classical gas. Why is this on my list? It simply had to be. It, it just did. It, it just did. It's an awesome song to start with, and then you put it in Tommy's hands, and he just, he does his Tommy thing. Here it is. Number one spot features one of my favorite songs of all time. Originally written and recorded by Norman Blake, later recorded by Tony Rice, and most recently recorded by the Punch Brothers. Yes, the Punch Brothers hold the number one spot with their cover of Church Street Blues. Why is this on my list? Because they took a song that I love and made me love it even more. But beyond that, they masterfully covered this song. They didn't just do it the way it had been done before. They transformed it and made it something new, which I think is the sign of a really good cover. Here's a sample. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I know, it's me again. I'm really sorry, but I cannot play the Punch Brothers version of Church Street Blues because of copyright issues. So I do want to encourage you to check out that song on your own. But I thought to myself, I should pick an alternate number one. And although we've heard two other songs covered by this artist today, I thought to myself, he deserves the alternate number one spot. And it is Luca Stricagnoli. But what is he covering? Well, he's got so many covers out there, and they're all mind-blowing. I mean, I was gonna pick Stairway to Heaven because he does a great job with that. I was gonna pick him covering The Beatles yesterday because, well, he does a great job of that as well. But instead, I wanted to pick the song that brought me into Luca's world. And that is him covering The Last of the Mohicans' main theme. He does it with three guitars. It's simply amazing. He even uses a bow. Here it is. You're it. Yes, it's time for you to let me know what your favorite acoustic cover is. Go ahead and let me know in the comments below, and while you're at it, go ahead and tag the artist. Hear ye, hear ye. It's time for the Tuesday Tack Guitar Lick Challenge, and the name of the guitar lick this week is You Hoser. 
Yes, taken from one of my favorite movies of all time, Strange Brew. Now you're thinking to yourself, what is the deal with this Tuesday Tack Guitar Lick Challenge? Well, each day within Tony's Acoustic Challenge, we focus on one of the five essential categories of guitar improvement. The schedule looks like this. Mondays is a technique challenge. Tuesdays is a guitar lick challenge. Wednesdays is an improvisation challenge. Thursdays a rhythm guitar challenge. And Fridays a chord transition challenge. It's Tuesday, it's Acoustic Tuesday. Why wouldn't I integrate what the TAC fam is working on in the Acoustic Tuesday show? So with that, I present to you the Tuesday TAC Guitar Lick Challenge. Take off, you hoser. That's a line from one of my favorite movies of all time, Strange Brew. And it also happens to be the name of your guitar lick challenge for today. It's entitled You Hoser. It's a bluegrass guitar lick in the key of G. In fact, all of the challenges this week within TAC salute the movie Strange Brew in one way, shape, or form. But there's an underlying musical theme, and that is bluegrass flat picking in the key of G, specifically integrating triplets into your playing. And that's exactly what this lick does. It actually has all of the things. It has dissonance, it has pull-offs, and it has triplets. So let me go ahead and play that lick for you so you know what it sounds like. Yes, it is full of all sorts of magic. This lick is gonna open up a ton of doors for you. In fact, I wanna show this to you in action so you can see how it would be placed in your playing, but more so, I want you to see how it can enter you into a solo. In fact, it kind of provides this wonderful solo safety net. I'll show you that in a second, but first, for those of you wanting to learn this note for note, TAC fam, all you have to do is sign in. This challenge is awaiting you on your homepage. Just click start challenge. You'll go right to the teaching video. Once you get it under your fingers, move along to the play along video and pick a speed that's comfortable for you. And you can also click the tab icon in the lower right hand corner, and that'll open up the tab in a separate window so you can follow along there as well. Okay, this lick in a musical context. First, I wanna show it to you by simply strumming a G chord, maintaining a solid strumming pattern, and then moving to the lick, coming back to the G chord. This will give you a sense of the time frame of this lick. Here it is. So yeah, this lick has it all. It's got the dissonance, it's got the pull-offs, it's got the triplets, and you just heard it in action, basically using it as filler in between strumming G chords. And that's a very perfect musical example of it. However, I wanna look at it in a little bit of a different light. I wanna use it as a launching pad for a solo. So we're gonna look at this lick and we're gonna chop off the front end, the dissonant part, this part. Yes, it's very cool. I love playing it, but we're gonna go ahead and just chop it off. Because what I want you to focus on is that single string scale execution. And all I'm doing is pulling off of the scale note and then following through with an upstroke on the open G string. It's gonna sound like this. Just by doing that, you give yourself some time to think while you're soloing. You buy yourself some time, some room to breathe, and you can come up with your next action after that. It's kind of a, um, it's almost like tapping your foot or saying, um, um, uh, when you talk. 
that's that's what that is in the in, in the equivalent of soloing or the parallel of soloing. So what I'm going to do is go ahead and just strum a G chord, and I'm going to move to that single string execution, so you can kind of hear how it's placed in that musical context. And here it is. See what I mean, how you can actually buy time? It's a really cool technique and one that I hope you can integrate into your playing. It's actually, it's kind of addicting. And I think you can, if you find yourself a, a key of G backing track, just try that, try that. You're gonna be amazed. You're gonna enter a time warp of sorts. So again, I hope you really dig that. Now, real quick, before we get back to the show, I wanna talk about something that is so incredibly important when it comes to your guitar journey, when it comes to your guitar routine. And that is the mantra, if it sounds good, it is good. If it sounds good, it is good. Okay, I wanted to repeat that twice for emphasis because Ultimately, if you like the way something sounds, it's good, okay? There's, there's no checklist you have to find. There's no, there's no wondering if you did it right or did it wrong. Simply, if it sounds good, it is good. It, it takes a while to build that muscle. It takes a while to build that trust and confidence in yourself, but always use your ear as a guide. If it sounds good, it is good. And I wanted to pair that particular mantra with this particular mini lesson because, well, as you're trying out soloing for the first time, as you're kind of exploring what a single string scale can offer you, you might be wondering, gosh, am I doing this right? Is this okay? And again, I go back to, if it sounds good, it is good. You'll build up that trust, you'll build up, you'll build up that confidence, and ultimately, you'll start to realize, you have the power to actually make good sounding music. Because again, if it sounds good, it is good. It's extremely scary to have done something a long time ago, say play the guitar, and then take a huge break and then try and get back into it again much, much later. So many thoughts and concerns can come up. Am I gonna be good enough? Do I have what it takes? What if I forgot everything? The list goes on and on and on. It's a very scary situation. Well, TAC family member Dave is in that situation right now. He's just coming back to playing the guitar after having played it in high school. And he's having a lot of fun this time. Here's what Dave had to say in the last Tony's Acoustic Challenge 90 Day Progress Party. And I want you to go ahead and listen very closely at what his perspective is on the guitar this time around. Uh, Tony, I'm, um, I'm new, I'm 16 days in. Um, I played guitar when I was in high school I'm 70 years old. I haven't picked up a guitar uh, except very sporadically in all that time. And basically, I, I think that for me, just overcoming was basically the inertia of feeling confident enough to actually start playing again and, and committing to that and, and, and not thinking that I'm too old to do this and also realizing who I'm doing it for. I'm doing it for myself, for my own enjoyment. And um, I want to get better. I want to play blues. I want to play finger style. Um, but most importantly, I'm enjoying the process. 
I cannot thank Dave enough for giving us that insight into his guitar journey. Yes, his guitar journey is only 16 days old at this point, but his perspective is extremely valuable. And I just wanna underscore what he said. He realized he was doing it for himself this time. He realized he was doing it for fun. And to me, that's the magic recipe. If you know that you playing the guitar is for your own fulfillment, for your own fun, that's magic. Because why would you ever stop having fun? Why would you ever stop feeling good about your playing? Dave has the magic recipe, and I hope him sharing his guitar journey helped you out a little bit. In fact, he had the opportunity to share part of his guitar journey during the most recent 90-day progress party in Tony's Acoustic Challenge. And for you TAC members wanting to attend the next one, it happens to be January 5th, 2022 at 11 a.m. Mountain Time. You know what? It's getting cold in Bozeman, Montana, and I wanna go somewhere warm. So it's a good thing this week's guitar snow finds us in Fortuna, California. This guitar snow comes from Steve Payetta, and he kicks things off with a short message. I'm not in the picture, but I'm a proud owner of a guitar snow shirt. I'm taking your word for it, Steve. I'm taking your word for it. Here's what's in his guitar snow. A 2008 Fender Stratocaster American Vintage 62 reissue, a 1985 Gibson ES335, a 2005 Gibson Les Paul Deluxe Gold Top, a 2008 Pono CKT1E Uke, a 1994 40th anniversary Fender Strat, a 1989 Fender Strat, 1974 Gibson Les Paul Custom, a 2004 American Fender, <laughs> a 2004 Fender American Series Telecaster, a 2008 Martin Triple O 28. Now we have a list of guitars that are not pictured, and I'm going to try my best at using my auctioneer skills to go through it. A 2013 Gibson SG Standard, a 1996 Gibson Les Paul Classic Sunburst, a 2002 Martin Backpacker, a 1975 Takamine F340S, a 2018 Pono ETS H5, a 2004 Lanakai Koa Uke CKC, a Samick Greg Bennett Uke, a 2017 Lanakai LU21S Tuna Uke, a 2017 Kala Makala Soprano MKS, a 1949-1952 Silvertone S1317. Whew, that was a long list of guitars. Steve, thank you so much for sharing that with us. And you might be thinking to yourself, okay, Steve got featured on the Acoustic Tuesday show. How do I get featured on the Acoustic Tuesday show? Well, I'm gonna just bring on my lovely assistant to tell you how. I wanna propose to you a win-win-win scenario. I wanna feature you on the Acoustic Tuesday show. Yes, I wanna feature you and your guitar snow, or you and your Acoustic Tuesday merchandise. Step number one, go to tonypolacastro.com forward slash shop. Once you're there, pick out your favorite guitar snow shirt, your favorite Acoustic Tuesday merchandise, get it shipped directly to your door. Step number two, once your merchandise arrives, go ahead and put it on and take a picture of yourself, either just wearing Acoustic Tuesday merchandise, or if you have a guitar signal shirt, take a picture in front of all of your guitars. And then once you're done with that, step number three is to upload your picture at tonypolacastro.com forward slash shop. There's a link right on that page. Click it, you can upload your photo, and boom, you'll be featured in the Acoustic Tuesday show. Win number one, you get featured in the Acoustic Tuesday show. Win number two, you get some cool snazzy Guitar Geek merchandise. Win number three, the biggest win of them all, all proceeds from the TonyPolacastro.com forward slash shop are being donated to Guitars for Vets. You get featured in the show, you get cool new shirts, cool new merchandise, and you help out Guitars for Vets. Win, win, win. Okay, back to the show. Do you hear that? Oh, oh, it's time for acoustic news you can use. Yes, it's time for your weekly dose of acoustic news you can use. And kicking things off this week is an artist you need to hear. Brennan Lay. 
She is an amazing lyricist, an outstanding singer, and just an overall musical powerhouse. This video you're about to see is brought to us by our friends at Western AF, and here is Brennan singing Prairie Funeral. It was a funeral on the prairie, all the children gathered round. We're not done with Brennan quite yet. If you haven't heard her, aside from, well, a few seconds ago, she obviously plays solo, and she also plays in a duo with Noel McKay, and they go by the name McKay and Lay. She was also in the band High Plains Jamboree some years ago. Now, Brennan Lay, if you don't follow her on Instagram, you probably should, because not only do you get notified of new music from her, she oftentimes poses these questions or statements regarding music, and I think they're pretty pretty profound and rather thought-provoking. In fact, most recently, she posted something about country music, and bluegrass specifically, that made me think. Here's what she had to say. I might be a little overprotective of country music, in a self-righteous kind of way. It's like my awkward but defenseless little sister. I pick on her at home, but throttle anyone else who bothers her. Lately, I've been thinking about bluegrass. I'm no contest picker, but I grew up with the style. I'm proud of it, and it's part of me. I say this with love. How is it that we end up turning bluegrass music into something studied, mathematical, clean, urban, pretentious, pandering, safe, athletic, formulaic, boring, songless? The bluegrass I love is tortured, wild, fanatical, sexy, spirited, and a little crazy. It's pitchy. It pushes the tempo. It stands up for working people. It's full of mistakes. It's human. It hollers. It's always crying. Quote, see that train coming round the bend, carrying the one that I love? Her beautiful body is still here on earth, but her soul has been called above. Body and soul, body and soul. That's how she loved me, with body and soul. Who on earth writes like that? Nothing safe about it. If I admire and want to be anything like Bill Monroe, isn't being an honest-to-God innovator the best and only way? I miss riding in my parents' pickup listening to our favorite albums. I associate the banjo and fiddle with the hills rolling by. What's your favorite bluegrass record? Now, I read this post and it struck me. In fact, I read it a couple of times because it made me think of so many different perspectives. It made me think of how music innovates and evolves through the years. It made me think of this strong love we have for the traditional version of the music that we love, i.e. bluegrass in this case, and in some cases, traditional country as well. And it kind of posed the question, is it okay for music to evolve? And in my eyes, it is, but it comes with a little caveat that you're going to ruffle some feathers. You know, I was talking about this with Whitney, and I said, you know, it's really interesting thinking back to bluegrass specifically, because at the time, Sam Bush, Tony Rice, David Grisman, Jerry Douglas, they were kind of ushering bluegrass into its next generation. And I think at the time, they likely ruffled some traditionalists' feathers. But now we look at that version of bluegrass and think that that's almost traditional. And now this new wave of bluegrass, progressive bluegrass, if you will, I'm not quite sure the name of it, it's kind of being looked at a little bit with a skeptical eye. 
So I just thought it was interesting, thought-provoking. I don't know the right answer. I certainly have great reverence for traditional bluegrass, but also feel like there is a way for it to evolve. Uh, through through its history and into the future. But I'm curious what your thoughts are. Let me know in the comments below. And while you're typing in your comments, I do want to recommend the Netflix series Explained, because it further expands upon this concept of music evolving and music innovators. Specifically, I want to highlight the episode on country music. Whitney and I watched this just the other night, and I thought, it was quite thought-provoking. It goes through the history of country music and kind of where it is now. Noting all of these separate genres, bro country, rap country, and all this stuff. And it's funny because in my mind, I listen to that and I think, that's not country music. I want Hank Williams. That's country music to me. I want George Jones. And now we have country that takes on a way different shape and form. But is it any less country music than the original country music? Again, I don't have the answers. I just thought it was thought-provoking and an interesting question that I wanted to pose to you. So if you haven't watched that series uh, on Netflix entitled Explained, start with the country music one. I'm curious what your thoughts are. Okay, wrapping up our news segment today. Actually, I actually have two more pieces of news for you. The first one is Joni Mitchell's Archives, Volume 2, The Reprise Years. Uh, was just released on October 29th. I'm actually filming this ahead of time, so I hope it was indeed released on October 29th. But she did release a, a single, a track off of that earlier on, and it really struck me. It's a beautiful song. I unfortunately can't play it during today's episode because of copyright issues, but it's You Can Close Your Eyes, which is a song written by James Taylor, and Joni Mitchell is singing harmony with James Taylor. It's beautiful. Check it out on Spotify. Get the box set when it comes out. It's a really interesting perspective perspective on Joni Mitchell's career, her growth as a singer-songwriter and performer. In fact, I would recommend starting with volume one because that is right from her uh, very early on in her career. So again, uh, Joni Mitchell, The Archives. Volume one is already out. Volume two is due out. Uh, it was just released on October 29th, so make sure to check that out. And I think there's a volume three possibly pending, which is very, very cool. Okay, now for the last item of news on my list. Guild just released a signature guitar honoring Bob Marley. And I think the concept behind this is very cool. So let's go ahead and look at the promo video for this guitar. Bob Marley wrote a lot of his famous songs on a Guild acoustic guitar. Some of the songs that he wrote on that guitar changed the world. When we were asked to do this project, we explored the history and looked for that particular model. We successfully found one and decided to replicate that to the extent possible with whatever modern changes we thought we could make to make the guitar a little bit better. I gave my design team complete authority to do whatever it took to get as close as possible to that guitar. Designing and working on this guitar was quite an interesting task for the team. There's a lot of decisions of making sure that it still felt like the same guitar, it still sounded like the same guitar, but also implementing any kind of changes that we could to improve it along the way. Huge tip of the hat to the folks at Guild Guitars for taking on such an immense musical project. I mean, I'm sure they were not short on opinions from various musicians, fans, and other influential folks. So very cool to see another signature guitar on the market and one with 
such a legacy behind it. Now, on that note, I do think it's time to wrap up the Acoustic Tuesday show for today. But first, let's take a sneak peek into next week. Next week, we're going to be talking about the holiday guitar routine fix. Yes, indeed. The holidays test any guitar routine. The holidays can be the ultimate derailer of any guitar routine. So next week, we're going to talk about what could derail you during the holidays and how to remedy it. That's happening next week on Acoustic Tuesday. Remember, you can catch, remember, you can catch Acoustic Tuesday every single Tuesday at 10 a.m. Mountain Time here on YouTube. And before you go, I do want to remind you of this. Your guitar success, however you define it, is directly related to your guitar routine. So please invest the time in developing your guitar routine and make sure to have fun every single day that you play. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for sharing your time with me. Cheers to you, Guitar Geek, and I'll see you next Tuesday on the Acoustic Tuesday Show. Guitar Geeks Unite!